You know, there's a special mojo that's felt during those moments when human beings genuinely share who they are. When you see a songwriter who deeply believes and has lived the words that they're singing, it's the kind of magic that hushes a noisy room or sends shivers down your spine. I'm here to explore just that. What is it exactly that makes that kind of magic moment happen? Greetings, folks. My name is Michael Averill, and this is the Write Songs You Love podcast. Well, welcome to the first official episode of the Write Songs You Love podcast, year two. (laughs) Very excited. Uh, Just the other night, ended up having the anniversary meet and greet with the Facebook community for the the whole Write Songs You Love uh, gathering, which was a lot of fun. And yeah, I was just been having this in mind. I was starting to prep people with this idea of the first guest that I wanted to have come on this year. Uh, write songs in many different ways, but one of the most intriguing ways I think that uh, all of you are going to enjoy about this particular episode is is their ability to songwrite literally on the spot and in an improvised nature. So going from, you know, writing songs in a week to a day to a few seconds, <laughs> we're going there. We're taking warp drive to that, <laughs> that side of songwriting today, as well as a bunch of other great things. But um, super happy to welcome the amazing Shara Kelly to the show. Not only just in general, but as the first ever live in studio <laughs> interviewee of, of the show. So this is exciting. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be on the show. <laughs> so, yeah, just right off the bat, I just love to to ask you a bit about like improv songwriting or improv performance and, and how you how you got into that in the first place. Yeah, in music school, I went to Selkirk College in Nelson, BC, and we did jazz improvisation there. So that was more of like a school jazz influenced improv, and I thought it was really neat. I loved that aspect of some of my classes there. And from there, I always played around with that idea and I found that the nature of performance itself is very improvisational. You never know what is going to happen with the energy with the audience. Uh, When you're first starting, there's a lot of (laughs) venues that chaotic things can happen, like (laughs) mics turning off or, you know, you're getting used to performing, so your battery dies, you didn't have an extra battery. So in those situations just got used to improvising a lot. And then that eventually extended out into vocalized improv. And um, I'd say you and I jamming a lot together Mm -hmm. influenced that as well. Like two musicians in a house together who are like being musical all the time. And yeah, that's kind of how I got into it, I guess. Yeah. So for those who don't know, we are married, (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome. Um, And actually, I know from having 
insider information uh, that <laughs> just from knowing you and knowing your family and getting to to see even some of your early early childhood days like you you've been making up songs forever you know like or it sounds like like can you remember back to when you were a kid in terms of how that would come to you or if that yeah, I think I was just being silly as a kid, but there was an old guitar in our house that was totally out of tune and no one knew how to play and it was just sitting there. So I would just strum the strings not knowing how to play it and sing terrible songs. I think it might have been because of Phoebe on Friends. And I was like, <laughs> and because of Lisa Simpson, I was like, oh my gosh, I could do what they do. <laughs> Amazing. Media influences. Media influences are everywhere. (laughs) Cool. Well, it's also pretty neat. I've just been reflecting a lot on this, just uh, not only on just the anniversary of this show and this whole thing, but uh, thinking back to just the workshops that led to this whole podcast being in existence and and the whole Right Songs You Love concept goes back to the, the early days I was telling the group of the original One Song Challenge. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which you were one of like the founding people. Oh, oh we got we yeah. got our cat Pippins come Pippin's to join here. the party. And he's going he's after the chair. The chair. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna partake too. Yeah, he'll be Which very again is another right songs you love first. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't cut the power. But uh but yeah, I was telling the group how originally when I, I started uh, that workshop to start helping songwriters just write more often and write in community and, and share that with an audience, there, there's a neat aspect of, of this right now, even just thinking now it was around this time in 2011, so about 11 years ago, that the I, I decided to go to a Music PC workshop that was all about touring, which I had never done at that point in time. I had just literally come out of leaving my job and deciding to take on music full-time. I knew nothing really about touring. So I went to this workshop and to learn, but also I had just created the idea of the One Song Challenge and I was going there to invite people to be a part of the first one. And and lo and behold, I, I meet you at the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we connect for the first time and then we end up sitting together. And and that was such a cool cool moment to reflect on because often people when they hear about the kind of touring I've done, like the walking through Canada or just other places, people are like, "Oh, that's such a cool cool idea! Like, how did you come up with that?" And and oftentimes I just I tell them about how I met you <laughs> because yeah. So for everybody to know, like when I met Shara, she was just about to go on a tour through Canada with a, f- a friend, uh, Julia Spitali, playing on farms and, and being, you know, performing for the, the farmers in the communities, but also making videos for YouTube all about where Canada's food comes from. And I just love the, the combination of, of just the awesome music, but also this bigger, bigger purpose with the music and with the tour. And it just planted so many seeds in my mind of just like, holy cow, this is amazing. Like, this is what this could be. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of what I've worked into came out of that inspiration from seeing what you did. Awesome. Well, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for that. But you also, you also were the first person that ever told me about what a house concert was. Cause, and you even put me in contact. Like she was just such a, you were just such a kind person to me in that way. And just, 
had a had an opportunity if I've ever got out to, to Kimberly, BC, I believe. Um, you had a, a connection there with the house concert and, and I still didn't really even know what you were talking about, but <laughs> you like really extended yourself to make that happen. So that was really special. Well, house concerts are the best. I agree. I love house concerts. Totally agree. <laughs> but I wanted to give that context because I know people who have been listening and people have heard me tell the story a bit about how the One Song Challenge started and how all this stuff to hear that it, you were you were at the core <laughs> beginnings of that. And that's that was just a really cool beginning of a whole journey. Yeah, well, when you were running those, you you worked in a really improvisational way with open mics and the one song um, contests, and I just thought that was really neat. I definitely wanted to get involved. <laughs> yeah, and it was a treat to have you there, and and then everything ever since, and and we is married now. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, like just coming back around to the whole improvisational thing, um, I actually put this out to to the Facebook community. I, I I told everybody that I was going to have somebody coming on to do improvisational songwriting, and and for them to throw out some suggestions and some some ideas for 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 you to do in real time. <laughs> so. So I'll throw there's a, a whole bunch of different ones and maybe we could try a couple but um I'll do you want me to read them all to you or just a few at a time? Uh let's do let's start with 3. Okay. And then if we do in how many are there actually? Well, there's a few people that have given like multiple oh ideas. Gosh, awesome. So <laughs> But there's so there's three main ones that yeah, three main people that have multiple ideas. But well We'll start with Dana, and and I can and I'll, I'll just read you a comment, and you can you can choose from there. So so Dana says, and this is just a joke because one of the themes uh, one of the themes I gave for the teacup challenge back in January was dinosaurs, <laughs> and that was like the most <laughs> written to prompt. People got really fiery and uppity and and epically inspired by dinosaurs. Amazing. So she's saying you could always try dinosaurs, or living off the grid. Mm-hmm. Or being a rebel, <laughs> or good bad luck, <laughs> talking plants, <laughs> or mixed match socks. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I love those. There's a lot of options there. Okay, are there other ones as well, or are those the main ones? That those are Dana's. Uh, there's two other people that have given suggestions, but oh, okay, let's start with Dana. Okay. So wait, off the grid dinosaurs, rebel. Mismatched socks and what was the last? Talking plants. Talking plants. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> okay. I'll try to work some of those in. If I forget. Pippin will jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> Pippin's got our backs here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Cool. So when I do improv songs now, if I'm doing them on my own, I'll either do, do them a cappella or I'll play guitar or ukulele. Mm-hmm. But Michael and I and our friend Sophia were in a band together called Bathtub Sidecar, and we would do improvised songs as a band with audience suggestions. And I took some improv comedy courses to try and, cor- and incorporate that into the way uh, we gather suggestions from an audience. And I love that you did 
this, Michael, that you that you asked on Facebook ahead of time for <laughs> suggestions. So I'll try to incorporate them into the lyrics I'm writing. Uh, sometimes it takes me a little while to get going, so sometimes our improv songs end up being like ten minutes long. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this one. It was. I've even gotten people to time us <laughs> while we've been performing, so that we don't go on forever. And some of the ideas end up being half baked, and some of them end up getting really detailed. So we'll see what happens. Very cool. All right, so Michael, uh, if you would like to play guitar, this would be awesome. Sure. Well, in terms of vibe, what kind of what kind of mood are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling like mid tempo, like happy. Okay. All right. And sometimes we get the audience to suggest, like what chord we should start with or like which i did pose that question but oh, no, you did. nobody no said one, anything no, no so for it, okay so it's open okay. open field game right now <laughs> cool. Cool. okay so let's do when you're living off the grid and you're harming it
talking to plants. <gasps> talking to plants. I know, I think you'd love that one. If you want to know about the future, if you want to know about the past, if you want to know how things will grow, how things will last, talk to the talking plants. Put your feet in the ground You will hear them It's a different kind of sound And they speak and they speak from the deep And they'll speak to you when you're asleep And they'll speak to you when you say that you love them And they make your heart beat And they'll speak to you and everything you do, because they want you to live well, too. <laughs> Amazing. Nice job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I liked those suggestions. Yeah, Dana's always full of, full of great suggestions. <laughs> so... Well, that's cool because we haven't really we haven't done that in a while. Like just because uh, when we used to perform just before COVID, we were just starting to do that a lot more regularly, which was a blast. And I was telling some people yesterday a little bit about this too, of like how <laughs> you brought out like a tarot deck of cards one time and would have people come up and choose their you know you'd read their their fortune or their their cards and then we'd make a song about it on the fly <laughs> that was one of my favorite shows i was one of, i would agree that was one of my favorites of all time but just hilarious but it was so interesting as i think oftentimes improv usually in like an acting situation or comedy situation is usually comedic you know like it usually has this funny tone and a lot of the times what happens when you do this and when we do this it it can go that way, but also not, you know, like there's also mm -hmm. this other way. So how do you, how do you feel into that? And how, how do you, how, how do you drive that bus in terms of like, is it going to be funny or is it going to be a little bit more serious or like, how do you react to that? In a live setting, it's definitely audience feeling. Right. So it like the suggestions sometimes if i get a suggestion that's just like i immediately laugh like there was one gig at king's cafe <laughs> where tin tin can or i forget what the oh. tin can man or tin <laughs> something like that someone yeah. just said that and i was like oh my god well that's just going to be like tin man disco or something like that and <laughs> that i was, was like it. well that's not going to be <laughs> serious like a tragedy right like <laughs> I mean, it could, but like, it's probably going to be comic in some way. So, yeah, I, I like in live situations, it's definitely audience feedback. And then in this sort of situation, which actually is like new, I've never been on a podcast where I've done improv before. So that was the first, that song was the first podcast improv. And I think I would say, uh, that it would be the the suggestions entirely, right? Like so, the words, uh, not entirely, I guess. Like also the dynamic between you and I mm. is quite comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I will feed off of like the energy between. I sound like a weird vampire. I'll feed off the energy <laughs> of, <laughs> of you, Michael, and then um, also the environment I'm in. We're in a wood like. A very cool wood 70s house and outside the window is 
a bunch of green plants and overgrow and now I realize I need to weed whack out there. <laughs> but uh and then our cats wandering, right? So like there's there's like that It's very informal, comfy feel. Yeah. So um and then honestly whatever's floating through my head lately, like mm. when I hear off grid, I'm like a lot of people are thinking about <laughs> being off grid and and then I think about that movie Little Big Farm and right. or big little I can't I would never remember the name of that. <laughs> Some size differential of a farm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so, and then dinosaurs, oh my gosh, I didn't go too deep into the dinosaur thing because it's just, that's a whole 20 minute song of its own. Yep. Pippin agrees. Yeah, Pippin totally agrees. Pippin is a fan of dinosaurs. Oh, well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But without, um, without like an instrumentalist, like, like you my songs go completely differently if I have to play the backing track. So I love, I love uh, improving together. Well, that's been kind of neat too. I remember one of the times where you were part of one of the later one song challenges. I think this is a f after a few years. And you, you'd, I remember this so vividly because you, the, the challenge for that week was a jazz song or it was like a jazz inspired chords. And, and like the kind of vibe, I, re I think I was showed the group like like the major seventh kind of shapes for chords as well as like the, the minors and just any any kind of moving and moving around and that kind of type of a thing. And, and when it came closer to the meeting time when everyone was going to be showing up at our place, um, I I remember you're just like I still don't have a song. I don't know how to do this. I can't get inspired. I do. I don't know. I got nothing. I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, which which is something I've heard from <laughs> lots of people from time to time. You get down to the deadline and it feels like nothing's there and it's just like forget it. <laughs> but I remember just chatting with you and it's like, oh, do you have a progression? And and you did. You started something, but you you didn't have words with it at the time, and so. I asked, I was like, okay, well, what if I play those chords that you're playing? And so I just took the guitar and then all of a sudden you started doing like what you just did. <laughs> and it was like a full song that just sounded like it was like complete, done, worked over. And I was like, are you kidding me? Or were you lying to me? Like, just <laughs> like this is, obviously you've got a song. Then you're like, I just did that. And I'm like, how, what? <laughs> that was, I think that was the first time when I ever noticed like your ability to do that. And, and like very, very clearly, but it, it was interesting for a while. And just over the years since then, just to see like, like you, you, you've done that. You can do that so well through, through the whole aspect of like when you're singing. And I remember at first, like when you had an instrument with you at the same time, it was, it was more challenging because there's obviously a lot more happening, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like, I've seen, I've seen you get more comfy with that too. And like, do it with an instrument all on your own as well which is just such an interesting like state of functioning <laughs> in the moment it's really impressive i think too a lot of musicians write that way anyway i know i do i'll like find some chords that fit the way i'm feeling or an idea that i'm having and then i'll start writing while strumming the chords mm. or finger picking the chords mm -hmm. and i think because i think a lot of musicians can do this mm -hmm. um 
I think the one thing I had to get used to was the times when it doesn't work at all. Like when it mm. sounds bad right. and it might be a five minute bad, <laughs> <laughs> like really bad sounding thing in public, which I know that like hearing improv isn't everybody's cup of tea either. Right. So it's, it's like, but I think it has the potential for being really fun if you incorporate different aspects of improvisational theater with it. Yeah, well, there's something really special about when people recognize that something is happening and incorporating what's there right now compared to, like, having a, a song or something that's been prepared and it's been, like, boom, 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 boom. Like, it has a different feeling. There's a different edge. There's a different risk. Well, there's a huge, greater amount of risk in that. But I, one thing that always sticks out to me, too, in thinking about this kind of stuff, and I remember when you first were experimenting with this compared to, like, when you used to have a band or when you would perform and have to practice and get a show, like, really, really tight and organized that that's, that's a lot of work and it's a lot of just like organization and, and so much prep. And, and when you came into this, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like no stress. This is way easier, which is a funny thing to say. You know, I'm sure most people listening be like, if they were going up to the mic <laughs> in front of a bunch of people, not knowing what they're going to sing <laughs> and, and be at the mercy of what everybody's suggestions are, that 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 doesn't sound like a non-stressful environment. <laughs> so how how have you how have you found that or like uh yeah that I mean fair. I yeah, improv is an interesting beast. Like I th I think when playing with a band, it's even more unknown, right? You yeah. don't you have yeah. people playing different instruments and suddenly figuring out a chord progression together in front of an audience. And like, that's like jam bands mm -hmm. in a way, but it's, I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's a little bit different. I was finding I wasn't, I was, I was, um, blocked like in terms of writing for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that played into it too. I just didn't feel like I could write anything that I felt was good. I like, and that's what was blocking me. And people say, just write through the writer's block anyway, and just write bad songs. But I could only improv bad songs. <laughs> that's like the only thing that was happening for me. And then I really focused on guitar for a while too, but it was kind of my way out of that. Like it really, it really brought me back into something that I was like, felt like I had lost for a lo like quite a long time. So hmm. Ma. yeah. And then I also felt like it was, it, it is less work. We had rehearsals and like, I would come up with ideas, but it was more of imagination exploration than it was like, um, fine tuning something. Well, it's concepts too, or just like, okay, we're going to alternate who starts a song or you would bring a dictionary or a book and mm -hmm. <laughs> fire, fire open a page and be like, all right, that's the word we're working with. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like I have encountered other musicians who I, like, I get a sense that they're not into it and it's, you know, like it's not for everyone. And I don't think there's like well, I don't know if there's a huge audience for it. Obviously, in a comedic sense, there is. Like, think of, um, what is, uh, what line, whose line is it anyway? Oh, yeah. Like, in a comedic sense, like, there is. Yeah. It, but I love it. I love it so much, I would not stop doing it. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's again, it's just turning the wheels to to be doing it again right now because it is just so fun. And I think it, it's meditative in a way. And I think as a player, like backing up and participating with it too, you just have to be so engaged and you're listening so intensely to each other mm-hmm. that when it's done, it was always funny because you're like, what, what did we, what? What did we do? Like you'd have to almost listen to a recording record to 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 see what happened. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, it's a really satisfying feeling. Like afterwards, actually feeling quite quite refreshed from having been that focused into something like that. So it uh, oh, what was the other thing I was going to ask you that reminded me of? Mm, it'll come back to me if it's going to come back to me. But how about I give you some of the Sounds some of the good. the next suggestions? Sounds In, good. So we got Shay. Shay is telling a story, but it seems like it mostly has to do with the zoo. <laughs> so it says visiting or interviewing animals at the zoo. Oh my gosh. She said, we went there to do comparative anatomy between prehistoric and current animals. Most of the animals just ignored us, but the primates, especially gorillas, were definitely people watching. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel have a song about the zoo too. <laughs> so... Anything zoo, I think, would would knock that one out. <laughs> okay. All right. And thank you, Shay and Dana, for the suggestions so far. I love it. Zoo. Zoozik. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play the, the Zoozik. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to try the cello. Is that? Yeah. Do you want to play it or do you want me to play no, it? No, uh, you. <laughs> My cello playing is terrible. <laughs> it sounds, it's like. It's like All right. Well, let's see. I think the bow is in the other room, but Don't maybe. Grab it? Well, actually, here maybe we'll try. Oh, see, it. see what happens. See if the bow feels like the thing to do, or just to keep it. I always joke because I love sitting down with this thing and the fact that it sounds very much like a bass, or as I like to call it, the sit-down bass. <laughs> but let's see. We'll get this thing doing up. Yeah, do you mind? Thank you. Just moving the guitar around so I don't hit it with the bow. <laughs> if if that should be used, but all right. So zoo mood. Oh, um, sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Sneaky. Maybe I'll. Okay. Okay. So if we go. Let's do. An animal was spying. 
black bear stood up and looked at me. I've never seen a black bear three feet away from me. And I, I, I screamed and I said, ah! I ran back into the house and then I realized that I left the cat out in the garden. So I ran back to get him and then the bear was like, yo, why are you so afraid? of me don't you know you're living in north american green zoo <laughs> our house is made of windows and one day we were sitting in the dining room a big shadow of feathers was falling from the sky we looked up in the treetop so high and there was an eagle pecking at the eye of another bird it had caught nearby and we were like what is happening oh my god that eagle is eating another bird <laughs> and the eagle said hey didn't you know by the way you're in the North American green scene? It's the zoo of the Okanagan and you think that we aren't watching but you're in a contained glass cage. You're the humans that we're watching every day. Oh, oh, oh. I said that seems kind of funny that the animals want to watch me I guess I do make a lot of noise I'm singing all the time and using my cat talking voice I'm like oh hello little kitty meow 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 and maybe they heard me somehow in the high pitch frequency that is me and my husband we will be singing into the dead of night in the morning light we'll be singing and making music all the first got here there was a deer giving birth in our backyard saw a little baby deer come out it didn't seem very hard for the mama there was no drama no drama llama deer she was like here i got a baby now and now it's walking within 20 minutes of being born it's the zoo it's the zoo watching you No drama llama. No drama llama. <laughs> <laughs> so for all those hearing that, that was like facts. Those are all things that have been happening around our house. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was epic. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Oh my 
gosh. Thanks. I didn't incorporate a what did what did they say in the suggestion? There was like a apes watching them. Oh, gorillas. Gorillas yeah. watching them. Yeah, we haven't seen one of those yet. No. But who knows? We might soon. I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> it feels like the progression of animals we've seen around our place. And yeah, Shara talked about a bear to start off that song, and that was very recent in the last couple few weeks. Oh my gosh, that poor bear! I screamed so loud. <laughs> I did not expect to see it there. It was crouched down beneath the lavender, and then it came out and it like stood up and was like. Amazing. Well, I remember it was funny. I think the the thought I I'd come up with before I was trying to figure out was when you you were talking about the tin can or the what was the Tin Man Disco or something. Tin Man Disco. There was so that night was I one of my favorites too. With the the idea that you had is you put Scrabble letters out on all the tables, and you had people they figure out whatever words that they could put together and that's what they had to give for suggestions was what they had to work with <laughs> so just the creativity is fantastic i think with with what the audience has to do and how they have to participate and and what a unique thing and i think that's we've always had so much fun with that because every show has been so different like one of the other ones we had uh my friend grace grayston come who is uh like a soccer juggler <laughs> You know, and we were playing at a brewery in North Vancouver, and I was buying the drum set. <laughs> and you were singing while he was in the middle of a brewery, like, soccer juggling these ridiculous, crazy tricks. So, what a, I don't know. It's, it's everything sugar and spice to me, <laughs> performing like this. All right, here's Lori. Lori, this is the last one. She said, uh, you should have them write a three-word song on the fly. She said, like, during the teacup challenge, perhaps one word they must include is dinosaur. This is another dinosaur enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> We've already used dinosaur, so you don't feel obligated. But a three-word song. A three-word song. You can only use three words. I, how it worked in the uh, teacup challenge, as I said, there was a ten-word challenge. Oh. And so not it didn't have to be uh, ten words for the whole song, but, like, like you could repeat words. And it wouldn't count as a new word, like if it was the same word. So said if I said like uh, flying fish, flying fish would be two words. And if yeah. I kept saying like flying fish, flying fish, flying fish, I still have eight other words I could use. Okay. So it's just that idea. So she's suggesting a three three words. Okay, but but she also wants a dinosaur in there. She is one of the biggest dinosaur enthusiasts out of the entire group I've seen. So if, oh, if you can, okay. go for it. But again, you've what already... What is her favorite dinosaur? She actually is recording and releasing the dinosaur song that she wrote. And she posted something about it the other day with a cloud. Like there was this um, meme kind of cloud that had a like almost like a Tyrannosaurus Godzilla style cloud in the background. <laughs> <laughs> So anything, anything that walks on the two feet, that is probably predatory. Okay. So raptor or tyrannosaurus. Raptor. Totally. So dinosaurs have ridiculously, like, so many syllables in their name. Dinosaur. Stegosaurus. Oh, yeah. Tyrannosaurus. Five? Tyra is it tyrannosaurus? Or yep. 
Yeah, okay. I like Tyrannosaurus, and if that's what's on our thing, I'll try and... Yeah. So that's one word, yep. which actually is like five words. That's like five words in one word is Little shopping with uh, efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about doing a vocal improv with me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So no instruments other than voice? Yeah. Okay, cool. Should we decide the words ahead of time or just like come up with them? We should... Tyrannosaurus is in there. Do yeah. you want to come up with one of the words? Hmm. Why don't we go? Yeah, go for it and then think. We'll I'll find it on the like way. The, I'll set like the, the the start note and then just come in with whatever you want. Okay. Okay. Can actually you're the first person I can actually high five in real time on the podcast. <laughs> it's a lot of fun firsts. That was cool. That was fun. <laughs> nice job. It's funny, and that, that's what's so neat is about this is you kind of discover. I guess when you you have structure given from audience, then when you hit it, you're like, oh, we're there. <laughs> I guess that's what we're working with, and and you know, like three three words: Tyrannosaurus. He ran. <laughs> Word, I was like, oh no, there's no more words. <laughs> what is he gonna do? Where's the plot? <laughs> ran, ran, a saurus. <laughs> he ran. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So, if anyone, I'm just kind of as a as a suggestion, like, how would you recommend if someone's kind of curious to want to even try this? Like, how do you how do you start practicing something like this? Talk to yourself. <laughs> 
in no, rhythm. No, I think just like start with rhyming all the time. Mm. Just start being like rhyme, climb, time, prime, and not perfect rhymes either. Like line, line time, right? Uh, mime, combine, because when you shift around rhythms, you can always line up the word, and it doesn't have to be a perfect rhyme, and you don't have to rhyme at all. Like, when you first start improving, you're probably not going to rhyme all the time. <laughs> it might even, it might only rhyme on your first line. But if you keep going, you'll find words to combine. <laughs> now you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just think your brain just starts to work that way. It's the same right. with, like, when people talk about songwriting. They're like, if you get an idea, write it down. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get an idea, don't write it down. Just, like... Just say it just... out. <laughs> Or just keep keep thinking about it. And then um, you could practice... If you're not an instrumentalist, you could practice with um, backing tracks mm-hmm. on online. Just look up, a, like, instrumental tracks for things and make up your own words. And then you... Pari- like, making parodies of other songs is mm-hmm. good practice. Like, if you... If you're singing... Um, I don't know. Take on me so many bees... I want tea, but I've got the flu. Like, just put other words into other songs. And I mean, that's what I just always do. Just have fun with them. Yeah. Well, even just having that possibility in your mind, then you start hearing for it, you know, and then that starts influencing what you what you play with. But even like we just did, there's three words, you know, like there's so much that you can noodle with three words of just getting into the moving around of those three words in creative ways that start functioning your brain in improvised ways. Yeah. The structure creates opportunities. Yeah. There you go. Totally. It's a little, little gem drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Well, one thing, about, well, another thing I wanted to just chat with you about, because, um, chat with a few other people in the community about this recently of just how voice itself influences can influence songwriting massively and and that's another way that you had a huge impact in my life is when we first met I struggled a lot with just like stomach cramps when I would sing and I chronically just was singing in too high a key that I just would write songs in certain keys and it would be up in my upper range often as a result of performing so much and feeling like to get my volume out I just had to sing loud and high but instead of just turn up the microphone volume and (laughs) and be like more relaxed in that way of delivering Mm -hmm. but you know like so many changes it was funny like one you're like breathe and two you're like sing lower (laughs) which are like very very straightforward (laughs) simple solutions but I just I wasn't doing them it was just really great to have you like assess that and quickly see oh yeah try this and this sounds like you're in this other other pocket that's not comfortable for you it's not the way your body works and and uh instantly I started just having so much better feedback from people that I was performing to and it just felt better to sing and I realized I was like whoa my voice can do this and and then I it made me want to write songs in a different way and uh, I know Andre uh, Deacon, who, if you find him, he's in the community and he's always popping stuff on another teacupa. <laughs> he was just, he phoned me up the other day and told me about how he'd 
he'd lowered his voice uh, or lowered the key of his songs and, and he hadn't been writing or, or performing or uh, sorry, recording for a while. But just doing that all of a sudden gave him all this inspiration, like he had new writing ideas and then wanted to record and like your whole background, like you're you're also a vocal coach and, and like very skilled as a teacher in that regard. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that of like how how your use of your voice can actually be a creative tool for inspiration. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about that all day. But yeah. <laughs> uh Thank you for opening that up because I, yeah, I love talking about the human voice is amazing to me and I'm really glad that whatever I said felt <laughs> helpful for, for you. I think that it, like, I, I find this in myself unless I'm kind of like now over the years, I've become aware of certain habits I have, but most of us aren't aware of our own physical habits unless we train ourselves to be aware of those things like if you're mm. if you were a dancer or you're any kind of physical uh into any kind of physical movement as a medium for art or work you you become aware of those things and we're made aware of those things if we have some habits that contribute to injury or discomfort in our bodies so we oh, will yeah. be made aware of them whether we are practicing that or not mm -hmm. uh but yeah there's sometimes very simple adjustments that we can do that will change the sound of our voice and can open up new levels of expression a lot it took me a long time personally to really understand my own vocal range and one unsolicited suggestion I would have for anyone listening that likes to sing and wants to know more about their voice is to become just really interested in your own voice and explore the range of it and take notes on it because mm -hmm. you have to be a bit of a scientist about your own voice when you're when you're discovering things and 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 noticing them and then the other aspect of that is tuning into the sensations in your body when you are singing. Mm -hmm. um, if you get a some level of vocal instruction, then that can be helpful for like helping you tune into those sensations. And like, just as an example of what the heck I'm talking about <laughs> is if you're singing all the time and like you said, your stomach was tight. Mm -hmm. Well, how is that affecting your, your breathing that can contribute to not expelling air and not, or not being able to control how you're expelling air when you're singing a note. So you might run out of breath oh, all the time or yeah, you might be pushing too much air out and clenching your stomach. So there's lots of different factors, but that can affect your tone and how loud you're able to sing and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I joke around uh, often the song I use as a theme for this is the intro, but also a lot of the times on the outro too is thank you. And when I first wrote that song, it was, it was in the key of C. And it's funny to think about now that I would go in and play the song this way, but I didn't, I didn't think at the time I could tune my guitar lower than that key as, as far as an open tuning, which is how I played it. So that kind of held me mentally that I, it had to be in that key. That's as low as it, I thought it could go. But it was, it was super high in my range. And there's a high part at the end of the song that I would always go into a performance being like maybe 50-50 confidence that I would hit that last note. <laughs> and it's like a big finale moment and a really special moment. And 
and it made me nervous and it and it just felt like uh, it was just a very uncomfortable feeling to have especially when i would use that song a lot to finish a show and that's not kind of the feeling you want to finish on yeah so i ended up when i recorded it dropping it like down to a or so like it dropped a way 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 down and it just feels so much better and ever since doing that i also discovered something new about my guitar like i could tune it down to an open a and it sounds like it's pretty low yeah it's crazy anyway just cool to see how again that led me to a new discovery on my instrument that i've written more songs in that key because it's Mm -hmm. felt good but it also does um it just helped me evolve in many ways so Cool. Like you're saying, like following, really going to your voice and you helped me work through like where my, where my note ranges are. And, and even just knowing that is, is really interesting because you can say, oh, cool. I know where my X, my high and low parameters are, where things get really unstable. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to try to go to those places. Or if I'm finding like I'm trying to hit the certain note, and why is it difficult? Oh, it's because it's outside. Mm-hmm. Why not try something here and adjust? And it's this very a diagnostic way of realizing like you're going to increase your odds of feeling good about a song <laughs> and mm-hmm. how you sing it if you if you're, have In that your awareness. Zone. Yeah, which yeah. is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking about those like outer outer edges of your voice, like the hot, like really high highs and the really low lows. Yeah. Uh, I, like, when I'm improving, I like to use some of, like, not the highest note I sing, because it, I, yeah, I don't often sing that in a song, but, um, I might get close to it in a comedic way if it doesn't sound beautiful, (laughs) (laughs) then I might use it as a, like, in a silly purpose, or, like, if I'm singing harmonies with someone and I don't have like the most resonant tone on a low note, but I can still sing the note and it like serves a purpose of mm. supporting them, I'll still sing that note um, if it's acceptable. <laughs> but yeah, so, but in a song that I'm writing to showcase my own voice, I probably wouldn't use those notes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and it's been cool to see how you've adjusted to with just like everything that happened with COVID, you know, and like working with people too, and like helping people with their voices. Uh, like people used to when we were living in Vancouver would come over to our place all the time and you would teach there. But like being able to do that online is something that like still transferred and you could still still help people that way, which is always really cool mm-hmm. and presents different different oppor- like challenges too, to to be able to like work with people in that space, but also need opportunities, I guess. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. It, yeah. Like, yeah. That that's that's possible, and that um, the programs that we're using have advanced so quickly yeah. in that period of time that we are able to work in that way. Yeah. Well, and something that's really cool too, with with uh, like again, I want having you come on today to talk about improv songwriting is is one thing, but you're you're also a very skilled straightforward songwriter <laughs> and and i know like in the last well you since being here like you have a a new a new alias as nature verse <laughs> <laughs> and have been inspired a lot by even we're talking a lot about the creatures and critters around here uh you have a few songs that were inspired by by that like love to hear a little bit about your process with with the song like your songs without wings and your coyote song oh my gosh thank you um yeah, I 
just where we've moved to is just so beautiful. And I think being in the city, I loved the city too. And I always still felt like a longing to be in like in a place that's closer to forest again. Mm -hmm. And I've never lived in a place where there have been so many animals wandering by ever. <laughs> like even in on massive hikes that I've gone on, like where there we were in the middle of nowhere, I haven't seen that many animals as I have here. It's yeah. just there's something really special about this place. And so that's in informed by writing the funny thing is though that like the two main songs that I've written since we've been here that like well I've written a lot of songs since we've been here but the two ones that we decided to record were about the things that I was afraid of yeah <laughs> where the like so coyotes in the area mm -hmm. there's tons of coyotes we haven't well Michael saw I saw one early on yeah yeah you saw a coyote but um I haven't seen a coyote but you can hear them in the evening howling, like tons of them really nearby. So I wrote a song about them. And then when we first moved here, there were just hundreds and hundreds of spiders mm -hmm. uh, hatching out of their... Out in the garden there. Out in the garden. Yeah. And so I wrote a song about them. And so... But the, I did become fascinated with spiders and coyotes, like anything I write a song about. Like I did a little bit of research on both of those things. So yeah, yeah, that's uh that's a thing for sure. And I like writing about nature and it just feels good to be back here. And like I sang in the first improv <laughs> song, like putting your feet in on the ground and yeah, I just feel so thankful to be near the creatures. Well, I, I found it most fascinating. And this is neat that you, I was so surprised that you, you wrote a song, the song about spiders that you wrote, it's called Without Wings. And it was really out of fascination, you know, of learning something about them. And I think it just goes to show sometimes of like understanding something else can change, can change a bit of your perspective or your, I don't know, in a creative way, ability to write to something. So can you explain a little bit about like what, what shifted your perspective on the spiders? Oh my gosh. I, I've always had arachnophobia. Mm. Like I have a reaction to bug bites. So when I get spider bites, I'll my whole, like wherever they've bitten, like if they bit my leg, the whole part of that leg would swell up. So I definitely have a reaction to them. But if I saw this thing like a few years ago about electrostatic repulsion in spiders that and what what that is is they use their tiny little leg hairs called trichobothria to <laughs> test what direction the wind is going and how strong it is so they stick their little leg out off the tree and then they <laughs> they're like okay I guess I'm going for a journey and then they build a butt balloon <laughs> <laughs> and then they fly off into the electric wind current. And then sometimes they can travel up to a thousand kilometers. And so, they can guide themselves using those currents, correct? I think so. I don't know how much choice they have about where they land. But, but they're sensitive to it to make informed kind of landing decisions, maybe. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they're just like, wee. Like, is it like in Charlotte's <laughs> Web where they're all like floating in the, in the wind? Yeah. And I just thought... I, I had seen, like, spiders in the wind before, but I thought it was, like, oops, 
<laughs> I'm in the wind now, but it's they they're going on a journey. Mm-hmm. And I felt as if we were going on a journey because we were moving and it felt scary because we'd lived in Vancouver for so long. And even though we have family here and it's not too far away from Vancouver, moving's a big deal. So I felt like the, the spider just jumping into the electro wind current. (laughs) And then, so that's what the song is about. It's like about just leaping out into the unknown wind currents. <laughs> and so for all of those of you who really appreciate the craft of lyrics, uh, she did manage to get Trichobothria in the song, <laughs> which I think is a, is a lyric achievement. <laughs> so congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> Spiders now respect me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty unique, the environment for sure. But I guess yeah. So how how have you found when I know just using using songwriting in other ways too, like there's there's ways of doing it kind of in the moment, there's ways of doing it like inspired by your environment, but there's also like using songwriting as a way to to work through difficulty and challenges. So like how has that been showing up for you lately? Yeah, uh, speaking of voice, I like, I find I definitely work through challenges using music. And so, for example, yeah, this the spider thing moving, uh, feeling like a challenge. I wrote a song about that. I think a lot of people use music in that way, utilize it. Uh, and in the last... I don't even know when it started. All my stuff got hacked into in terms of computer, phone, um, bank accounts. Uh, they got into my doc, like my medical stuff somehow. Just, it was a nightmare. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but anyone who's experiencing those things because it's happening more and more often um, is awful. And so I've been songwriting with that. Uh, sometimes I just write songs too, just to just to deal with that, and I find it really helpful. And sometimes I write them to share with other people because I feel like it's something I want to connect on, and I hope would mm. either help someone else or they just like the song because of the music. Um, but yeah, I definitely use music to get me through difficulties like that, and I. I feel that it had like music has given can often give like um, a cohesion or connecting point um, when you want to talk about something too. So mm-hmm. the coyote song, for example, came out of some of those feelings. It was definitely very much about the animal mm-hmm. itself, and I researched the animal, but a lot of the feeling of um, like predatory like attack or like having your your privacy invaded having your life turned upside down feels like a predatory attack you don't know where it's coming from you don't know if it's coordinated you don't know Mm -hmm. why and you sent me a podcast about uh with seth godin Mm -hmm. 
um, the podcast was called The Invisibility Paradox, and it's such a good descriptor of this kind of harassment and criminal activity. You can't, it's very difficult to track down who it is. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, you have to hire either a cyber forensics person, cybersecurity person, and at the same time, you have to do like a deep clean of all your digital life. Um, I had to close some of my social media accounts. Mm -hmm. Some of them I got locked out of because someone was making impersonating accounts of me. Right. And yeah, so through like some of the, the pains of that and like the healing of that, I've been writing a lot and like digesting the situation. And it has helped me to see that we really, my personal belief is we really, really, really need regulations right away. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, we need governance on it. And there is, uh, it was like a runaway train for the last 20 years in tech, in mm-hmm. my opinion, after the reading that I've done and I've read some a bunch of books on it now. Mm-hmm. And I think that Uh, In Canada, there's the Digital Charter Information Act, 2022. They started it in 2020. It got held up. But now it looks like it's going into, um, like, it's going to go through the different stages, hopefully. And so I'm doing research on that. And I'm going to try to speak to our member of parliament. And, yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to (laughs) lately. Yeah, well, there's a big part of it too. It it's it's always amazing to me. Like, and again, I know sometimes you just sit down at a piano and and if you've learned something or something's happened, and you just start singing it out, and like I can hear you talk, like working this out in in that way. It's just so super powerful, and, and I'm sure cathartic too. But also like being able to share uh, with others just to even say like, it's, it's a freak, it's a massive wild west with all of this kind of stuff. And like, no one knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, but at least in like sharing that, I think that's going to be a really important thing moving forward of just like other people feeling like it's not just them, you know, like it's not, it's something that's, um, it's just the psychological effect is, is really intense and mm-hmm. to feel like, uh, that you can have that connection point of, with other people in the community of figuring out how to do this together or like that. Maybe there's not answers, but hey, like maybe we can rally a little bit. You know, music has a big aspect of that too. And I think is a is a really great uh, galvanizer that way of something in the meantime to kind of stay hopeful and stay like positive to figuring out some kind of solution. Yeah. Yeah. If you are listening and this and something like that has happened to you and you've mm-hmm. gone through the steps to like uh, protect all your stuff, um, it's not your fault. There are so many ways in which criminals can get into your things. And I guess I'd say like if you're in Canada, read up on the Digital Charter Information Act, mm-hmm. see what's going on with that, ask questions and like advocate for your privacy rights because you never know when something that you don't think is a big deal that people know about is going to shift. Like think of in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm saying that cause I, I, wa- I recently watched that TV show, um, web of make believe. Yeah. 
and one of the um, hackers in that show said, you never know when something that you don't care if it's private or not is going to become a big deal. Like, if a law changes and suddenly you're not allowed to have red hair <laughs> because the political party that's in power has outlawed red hair, mm. then you don't want them able to collect data on you. And companies can collect so much data on us now. Anyway, I could talk about that for a long time too, but mm -hmm. I think like processing our feelings around it and noticing like where we feel our boundaries have and privacy rights have been infringed upon is so important right now. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, along with climate change, um, the, what's going on with, with digital rights is super important. Mm -hmm. Climate change and, and war, but digital stuff fall, falls into what's going on with the wars that mm -hmm. are happening right now too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for touching on that and just sharing. So I'm sure, yeah, I've just seen more and more people online just saying something, oh, my stuff got hacked or don't open this or don't do like, like it's just a lot. So it's out of control. Yeah. So I'm sure that'll be helpful to hear and just in encouraging that there's some, at least some other places where you can learn a little bit more about how to, how to adjust with the times and hopefully everything catches up in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the European Union is on it. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a tough go in the States mm. where all of those, like a lot of those companies are, like mm -hmm. the big, big tech companies. But in Can if you're in Canada, get involved because we, we might be able to get those laws in in time to protect us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, again, thanks for sharing all this stuff. I know there's a number of different, or a couple of different places that people can find stuff like your, uh, your nature verse music is on Bandcamp, mm -hmm. and I'll include that link in the, in the show notes. But, uh, how about for, for your singing, your singing stuff, if anyone wants to contact you about like support with their voice or. Oh yeah. Uh, my website is sharakellyvoice.com spelled S H E R A K E L L Y. V-O-I-C-E dot com. Cool. Very cool. Thank yeah. you for having me on your show. Yeah. <laughs> it's It felt like the perfect time uh, to have this. And, and it's just such a, so many, you know, you're just a wizard of so many levels. And I always feel like one of the luckiest people that I get to live around. I feel like one of like the greatest singers. Oh, <laughs> well, vice versa. Um, I don't know. Now we're going to get mushy. And ah. People are going to think we're weird. So we, ah. we can't get all mushy no on, mush. on your podcast. <laughs> but I love you too. <laughs> amazing. All righty. <laughs> so that was the amazing Shara Kelly. Also goes by the artist named Natureverse. And I'll include those links. And But we're also going to hear one of her songs without wings in a moment here. This is the one about spiders. But... I always, yeah, feel very lucky and grateful to be able to, yeah, spend spend life with with someone like that. Keeps things interesting and fun and creative, and has been a a fantastic partner in musical crime. So, I hope that was inspiring to all the songwriters out there, just to look at a different level of what's possible uh, that you can literally 
<laughs> write, write songs in seconds in the moment and how you can engage with audience to welcome them into that process. And that can just be a lot of fun and something to discover together. So with no more further ado, I'm going to uh, play uh, Without Wings. I hope you have a great day and uh, thanks for joining us. Carry me high, carry me across the sky. 